Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, LeBron James and the Lakers, they enter 2024 with a 500 record, but will their upcoming homestand make or break the rest of their season? Our panel weighs in, and the best budding rivalry in the NBA, it continues. You are not going to want to miss what Giannis had to say about the Bucks' struggles after losing to Indiana. Plus, the new-look Knicks, they got a huge comeback win at home over the West-leading Timberwolves. OG Ananobi, he shined in his debut, but did the Knicks have enough to become a legit contender? NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. Joining us is senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski, senior writer Zach Lowe, Kendrick Perkins, the one and only Shanae Ogumike. I'm Malika Andrews. Happy New Year, everybody. It is our first show of 2024. So much has happened, right, since we were away. We have LeBron James. He turned 39 and was this close, just like a toe close to having an all-time birthday moment. The Detroit Pistons, they ended 2023 on a high note. They snapped a historic 28-game losing streak and a major trade domino fell. And that is where we start our show with the New York Knicks making a surprising deal for OG Ananobi. Last night, Shanae, we got our first look at the new look Knicks as OG Ananobi is introduced in the starting lineup. Go New York, go New York, go! This is just a sample of what he does off Offensively, right? Look, this is why all teams, most teams, this is why we're talking about his name. He's a true quintessential 3 and D type of player. And the three is the most important. If You, you can get a defender, but if you, your defender can knock down threes, he's shooting 38% so far in the year. And look at the numbers, three for four on corner threes. The easiest shot to shoot from long distance, that's so important for his game. And then defensively, I mean, starting with Anthony Edwards, right? This is why they brought this guy in. This is what levels you up, especially being a perfect fit, considering that you're playing for Coach Thibodeau, a defensive-minded coach. <laughs> right. You got two screens right there. Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, he's able to manage his way through. And Anthony Edwards has been the engine, the catalyst. He's yep. not afraid of him. First game as a net, guess what? I got your number. According to Second Spectrum, Ananobi, he defended Edwards for 34 half-court possessions, the most on the team. But then Julius Randle, he would close this one out. Ending last year, my resolution was to talk about Julius Randle, and I get the <laughs> opportunity right now. Why? Julius Randle, his numbers have been impressive. He's scored at least 20 points in 18 straight games. He's been averaging 28.2, nine rebounds, four assists in the last 18 games. He started off the season slow, he ended the year strong, and he's a reason why I believe the Knicks are content. Ooh, let's get more into that. Julius Randle had a game-high 39 points. The Knicks win this one 112-106. But Zach Lowe, I know it's only one game, but it's a win over the West's best team, and that's not really a bad place to start. So what is the pickup of OG Ananomi? What does that mean for New York? I think it means a lot for the New York Knicks. I think they could be uh, punch a little bit more above their weight in the Eastern Conference. He's exactly the skill set every playoff team needs. Size to guard every position, literally everyone. 
Toronto would have him guard centers sometimes. And Shanae mentioned the elite three-point shooting ability. I, I saw some people debating who got the best player in the trade. Is it Emmanuel Quickly or OG Ananobi? In three years, four years, maybe the conversation shifts. To me, the Knicks got the best player in the trade. They need to find a little more ball handling. Maybe they're going to miss the kind of juice that quickly gave them, the speed, the unpredictability. But to me, this upgrades the Knicks' playoff equity. Look, are they as good as Philly, Boston, Milwaukee? I still don't think so. But all year I've said, I like this team a lot. They're feisty. They fight. They're physical. They know exactly who they are. And I think they are really, really good. Mm. Good enough that if they got the right matchup in the second round yeah. and a little bit of luck, yeah, they, they could make the conference finals. Well, Kendrick Perkins said that he believes that Jalen Brunson is a 1A type of player. So New York adding a piece like OG, OG Ananobi Perk, does that make them good enough to become true contenders in your eyes? I mean, they're knocking at the door. They're knocking at the, at the door. But I'm not ready to let them in just yet as being a true contender. Just for the simple fact, Sinead harped on this about more Julius Randle. We know what Julius Randle is going to bring in the regular season. He has shown us this in consecutive years that he could be an all-NBA caliber player. But in the postseason, it's a major drop-off in his play, in his leadership, in his body language. And I know he's caught a lot of heat from, from you know, the New York fan base, but he's gained the respect back at times by bouncing back in great fashion. He's even been benched in the fourth quarter by Tom Thibodeau. Every Batman needs a Robin. Do I believe that Jalen Bronson has the capability of being the best player in any series and closing games when it matters the most? Hell yeah. But I just don't have that faith in Julius Randle yet. And I think right now, the piece by picking up OG from Toronto, from Toronto, adding him into the mix, is going to help Julius Randle out so much. But again, I need to see it when it matters the most. I'm not yet ready to call the New York Knicks a title contender. I think this all predicates on what does contender mean? Is the New York basketball team, the New York Knicks, are they a championship team? No, I don't think so. But I do think that they can contend with championship teams. We've seen them not shy away from big moments. And I do think you can't ignore the fact that when you get a player like OG Ananobi, like it's important that you really celebrate this idea that it's great to have role players that are the best at what they do. He's the best at what he does. Knocking down threes, playing good defense, a guy that has experience being on a championship team, being that star, as Perk says, in his role. Yeah. So they may not be the championship team yet, but I love this because you're starting to see the pieces fall together. They have an identity. Mm -hmm. They have great players. Yep. And then now you get pieces that work toward that ultimate goal. So, so let me throw this at you, though. I'm not saying when I say contender, right? I, I'm not necessarily saying okay, championship or bust this year. Let's say making it back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's set that bar for New York. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. And you know who I'm like getting like maybe some little vibes of, and it has to be a little bit of luck. It has to be the Julius Randle that we've seen over the last 18 games, averaging 20 points a game. The Hawks in 2021 making a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. And people say, oh, man, they, they had no business beating Philadelphia. They got a little bit lucky. Sure. Who doesn't get a little bit lucky in that? I feel like they have all the ingredients here. Now you're looking at, okay, do they upgrade their bench just a little bit? It's those types of pieces. That's the conversation that OG Ananobi puts the New York Knicks in. I want to bring Adrian Wojnarowski back into the conversation because we're a little over a month away from the trade deadline. What's next for New York? 
Well, I think both at the trade deadline and then after the season. I think if you're the Knicks at the trade deadline, are there going to be is there going to be a team or teams uh, that are trying to get ahead of the second apron phasing in after the season and moving off a big salary, a player that they might value, but they don't want to be in that second apron and have to face all the roster building limitations that come with it. Uh, that's certainly one aspect. And certainly, as you said, Malika, is there a role player, mm. uh, somebody who replaces an Emmanuel quickly, who can score yeah. the ball, as Zach said, who can handle? You know, those are different kinds of trades. But then after the season, this is a New York team that has five, they have all of their own first round picks over the next five years. And they've got very some valuable protected picks from Milwaukee, from Dallas, uh, that are in the next couple of seasons. Those have value in trades, and you know the formula for trying to get a big star in a trade. It's a pl- it's you get to the end of the season, a team underachieves, there's a shakeup, yeah. somebody asks out, or a team's going to make a trade, and you need that player to tell his team, I want to go to New York, or New York's on my list of two or three, and preferably that's a player near the end of his contract because he's got more leverage as opposed to a player like Damon Lillard who had four years left, didn't have the leverage Mm. to get where he wanted. Those are the options for New York, but they're like every other organization. What is the level of player that we would use this capital on? And does that put us at the second apron and limit us? Are our two best players as good as the two best players in Philadelphia, in Boston, in Milwaukee, in Miami? Uh, does the player we bring in, is he our best player, is our second best player, is he worth paying what it's going to cost? It is a difficult proposition now with the phasing in of this second apron, but the good news for the Knicks, they've got draft assets that are going to be very valuable around the league. It feels like the Knicks are in a powerful position right now. They are a dangerous team. Now it's about seeing, okay, do they want to go all in for another big move or are they going to make that tinkering, adding a little bit more shooting coming off the bench, that sort of thing in the more immediate future. So let's set the Knicks aside just for right now. This was the first trade since James Harden was dealt to LA and that was two months ago. So now that another big piece is off the board, what's coming next? I think watching Pascal Siakam in Toronto, and I think initially what you're seeing the Raptors try to do is put a team around Scotty Barnes at 22 years old that fits him age-wise. Siakam is going to be 30 before the end of this season. Uh, He has started to really play very well again. Uh, He's got value around the league, but he's also going to be a free agent. And I think if you're Toronto, if you're not going to re-sign him, you can't let him walk uh, like Fred Van Vliet walked, uh, certainly like they lost uh, Kawhi Leonard. That was a different situation. That was the one-year rental. They won a title. Uh, But I think for Siakam, there's some leverage in that if a team's going to trade for him, they want to know that they can re-sign him, that he'll want to be here. And that's going to uh, dictate how much they might offer Toronto in a deal. But I do think there's a window here where the Raptors get to see what Siakam looks like with R.J. Barrett, with Emmanuel Quickly, and this group with the Raptors. But certainly, I think that's going to be a player here we're going to watch uh, over the next month. So knowing that the Raptors are still sort of evaluating the situation, Perk, where would you like to see Pascal Siakam play? <laughs> in Philly. In Philly. And you know what's crazy is this. Let me adjust myself and get silly. Here we go. When you think <laughs> about what Philly has been doing, right, think about the pieces, right? You, you look at 
Kelly Oubre, DeAnthony Melton, those guys, they've been balling. They have draft picks, okay? So I'm looking at Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, and what I'm looking at, I'm looking at a team that's missing a third star. Yes, Tobias Harris has been, you know, playing some good basketball, but can he really be that guy to get you over the hump? Is he better than Pascal Siakam? I, my answer is, hell no, he's not. So we know what Pascal Siakam could do in a Nick Nurse system. That's helped them bring a championship. They did it together. So when I think about the Philadelphia 76ers and I think about adding that piece yep. to the duo of Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, Send him to Philly. I love Pascal in the 76ers uniform. Well, as we evaluate the Eastern Conference, we're talking about the Celtics. We're looking at the Milwaukee Bucks. It feels like Philly is right there. What were you doing earlier? Knock, knock, knocking on that door. Do they need another piece in order to yeah. burst through it? All right, we're just getting started here on NBA Today, my friends. Let's get to the Los Angeles Lakers. They are set to kick off a five-game homestand tomorrow against the Heat. They're actually home for much of the month. Will this stretch make or break their season? Lakers fans, you are not going to want to miss Big Perks, Big thoughts on this one and he was supposed to be the missing piece but right now there's an all points bulletin out on Dame's shot why Lillard finding his touch immediately is critical for the Milwaukee Bucks plus the Warriors they will look to avoid a fourth straight loss as they take on the magic tonight will the Splash Brothers right the ship or sink in the Bay Area you're watching NBA today now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Halliburton off the bounds, drives inside, layup is good! Sensational move from Tyrese Halliburton! Well, I just want to prove that's not a fluke. We can do this every night. Halliburton tries another three. Bang! Tyrese Halliburton from downtown! I know what time it is. Be humble when you're having your moments because you just never know how the tables turn and when they're going to turn. Yeah! Oh, history! 64 points for Giannis! Nothing's going on in the corner over here. Doesn't have to have I knew they had the ball. But that's the, the gamesmanship. That's the, the pettiness. Uh, it happens. We were not thinking about Giannis's franchise record. I have the ball, but I don't know if it's a game ball. It doesn't feel like the game ball to me.
So every time the Pacers and Bucks face off, now Chanae, it's appointment TV, right? The yes, latest ma'am. installment of this budding rivalry went down last night. Let's check in on the game ball. It's oh, okay. Good. It's secure right now. Giannis has it. <laughs> Dame has it. And when he drops it off to Giannis like this, ooh. Come on, that's a view. That's what I love. Dame, what he's doing now with the Bucks is attacking the basket, but what I love is that Giannis is doing the same as well. Giannis for three. That doesn't go. Miles Turner goes down hard after this one. Tensions flaring Ooh. between these two teams. Getting spicy. Buddy healed. Everybody getting held back. Bobby Portis shaking his head. Let's get back to the game action now. Tyrese Halliburton. He said, I can pass two, y'all. I lead the NBA <laughs> in assists two, y'all. <laughs> A little no look to Jackson there. And then later in the second here, Dame once again. Back and forth we go, ladies and gentlemen. 30 points, 18 rebounds, 11 assists for Giannis. The Bucks led by as many as 15, but the Pacers, they would end up running away with it. The fourth quarter here, Giannis, oh, nope. Don't see that too often. Miles Turner swats in, they get out in transition. Benedict Matherin, high off the glass for the layup. Game tied at 99, 2.45 to play here. Pacers at five, Halliburton. This, I mean, he gets to his spots. People wonder, oh, was this run a fluke, ladies and gentlemen? No, it is not. Tyrese Halliburton has arrived. His finesse, his touch. Look at that. And one son passing, scoring, shooting, the passion. There's been a change in Indy. Halliburton, he has 26 points, 11 assists, 9 rebounds. The Pacers win. Don't worry, we're not going to get into the game ball here. But the Bucks, <laughs> they led by as many as 15 with four and a half minutes left in the third before being outscored by 24 points the rest of the way. The Pacers, they shot twice as well from the field in the final 16 minutes and 30 seconds. Let's take a listen to Giannis after the game. I don't know. I don't know if I knew or we'll fix it. I don't know, we gotta figure it out. At the end of the day, this makes us better. You know, we gotta go watch the tapes, figure out what they do well against us, and try to stop it. And if we cannot stop it, then probably lose again. Okay, so I don't, I don't want to press the full panic oh. button here, Perk, because the Bucks have still won eight of their last ten. Why are you making the face? Well, what's the issue? What's the biggest issue for the Bucks right now? <laughs> well, well, first, as you can see, no one is fearing the deer. Matter of fact, it's it's deer hunting season right now. It just started about a month and a half ago. So that's the number one thing. Second thing, I don't want to hear about what the Bucks been doing of late because they haven't played anyone. Yes, they got a nice win against the uh, New York Knicks, and then the Knicks came back and returned the favor on Christmas Day. But they're not measured up against the New York Knicks. They are measured up against contenders. And I don't want to keep going back to this, but I have to. The Bucks have not got a signature win. And if you have elite perimeter play, you're going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. When you're looking at facing a, a Damian Lillard, Malik Beasley, and uh, Chris Middleton, that's your starting five. Who's stopping someone on the perimeter? Nobody. So at the end of the day, until the Bucks figure it out, I don't know if they have to make another move. I don't know if Jay Crowder needs to get healthy. Whatever it needs to be. Right now, the Bucks are not a contending team. They haven't beat anyone, and they haven't shown us that they're able to elevate their level of defense on the perimeter. Okay, I'm taking this personally because I know you said that there's not a signature win, and I argued you right here on this set about the New York Knicks, their win over them as a signature win. But I am still looking at this squad, and I'm looking at them in the standings, and right now it says Milwaukee's 24-9 and and second in the East. I think, yeah, they may not have had that signature win in your point of view, Perk, but what they do have is identity issues. And it's very rare that you see Giannis Antetokounmpo just sit down and go, I don't know. 
I don't know. To me, that's telling. Because what I do know is that Giannis is showing up. He's playing hard. I mean, what was it, a triple-double that he had, 30 and 18 or so? Like, to him, what's baffling is, hey, we made, like, we made this move. Mm -hmm. Why are things not working? I know it's a first-time coach. You have different pieces. Defense is struggling. They're 20th in defense versus last year they were fourth. Right. They're trying to adjust. What I see here is that they put their chips in the center of the table based off of offense. But a lot of other teams have done that as well. Right. The Indiana Pacers, I mean, they shot Suns. what? Yeah, the Suns. They shot poor from three, but they got 70 points off of their bench. Like, they have the ability based off of Tyrese Halliburton to empower everybody. Is that their new identity, though? I mean, they average like 132 points in the month of December. Is their new identity, we're an offensive juggernaut, and they're struggling to adjust to what that means for them? Yeah, the, I think their identity is that we're leaning into – Giannis and Dame and I think Zach is perfect to take it from here because if you lean into that yeah. why aren't we getting more of that the pick and rolls and just configuring an offense around there totally so a lot of hand wringing a lot of fretting over a team who's 24 and 9 and 11 and 3 in its last 14 games I guess credit to the Bucks because we're talking about them like they're the Lakers like they lose one game <laughs> and we have to have a what's wrong with the Bucks conversation this has been the best offensive team in the league for the last six weeks number one everyone's like what's wrong with Damian Lillard his shots not falling Damian Lillard is shooting 36.5 percent on threes you know what he shot last season 37.1 yeah career 37.2. His three-point shot is fine. His two-point shot is dipped a little bit, and I do think he and Giannis are kind of feeling out the right balance of power mm -hmm. on offense, but Chris Middleton is starting to play like Chris Middleton again. The only question, and it's a big one, is defense. And Perk nailed it right at the top. Perimeter defense, because on the back line, you get past the first line, you got Giannis and Brooke Lopez yep. waiting for you. That's trouble. But this team made its bones under Mike Budenholzer with defense and rebounding. They're 20th in defense sure. and 18th in defensive rebounding. And they've either got to get Jay Crowder healthy and, and have Marjan Beauchamp and Andre Jackson Jr. fortify the defense on the wing, or they've got to go out and search under the couch cushions for whatever they got left <laughs> to trade and get one more guy that could be reliable on defense. Yeah. Because if they go into the playoffs with this defense and this offense, they can get far. But man, those top teams in the East are really, really good. But offense? Fine. Right. Well, we're nickel and diming because we're holding up the measuring stick as the Boston Celtics. We are expecting this team to be in the Eastern Conference Finals or further. Like, that, that's why we're talking about these teams. So, yeah, I go ahead, Perk. I, I, I'm just saying that's why we're talking about the Milwaukee Bucks like this. Yeah, and we should be because, look, after the, after the Pacers sucked them home in the end-season tournament, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, they beat the Bulls. They beat the Pacers, they beat the Pistons, they beat the Rockets, they beat the Spurs, right. they beat the Magic, they beat the Knicks, they beat the Nets, I, they beat the Cavs. <laughs> like, thank you. None of, none of those teams are contenders. Sure. None but, of those teams, those are games they are But those are the to little, win. those are the little adjustments they need to make. Dame didn't take a shot in clutch time yesterday. Yeah. That can't happen. Yeah. It's one game, but that's, that, that's why we're looking at it like this, Zach. It's because we are expecting something come the postseason against the Boston Celtics. <laughs> All right, since you mentioned the Lakers, just dragging them into this, Zach, let's get into the Lakers <laughs> on NBA Today. They start the new year at 500. Why the next couple of weeks will tell us exactly what kind of team they are. Was it a two or a three, Chanae? 
Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Braun. Happy birthday. That was a two. The Celtics, they have the best record in the NBA. So why does Janae think they should be looking over their shoulder? We're going to get into that. And after winning five in a row, Steph and the Warriors, they haven't won since before Christmas. We know what the problem is and how to fix it. So if you want to, keep it locked. Oh, you better. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. You're watching NBA Today. It is a tight race in the wild, wild Western Conference standing. So let's go coast to coast on the action. We're going to start with the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard scored 24 points in his return from injury. Russell Westbrook, he cracked the top 25 on the NBA's all-time scoring list. And the Clippers won their third straight game to hold on to the fourth seed in the West. Park, are the Clippers going to have home court advantage when it's all said and done in the playoffs? Hell yeah, they are. They look good. I got a little bit. Salu got these boys out here bowling right now. Kawhi looking great. James Harden is being a star in this role. Right now, the Clippers, in my opinion, are the biggest threat to the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference. Oh, well, and they have health on their side for now. So down a few spots in the Western standings, the Mavericks. After beating the Jazz by 50 last month, Dallas got blown out by 37 in Salt Lake last night. Jordan Clarkson, he knocked Utah's first regular season triple-double in over 50 years. Get a rebound! Years. You saw that. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> Zach, will the Mavs' defense prevent them from making any real noise in the postseason, though? He did get a rebound. It took a while, but he got a rebound. Look, the Mavs are 23rd in defense. And, yeah, that's not going to be enough to contend with the best teams. Keep an eye on Grant Williams' minutes. They're going down, and he was brought in for his defense. Good point. A half game behind the Mavs sit the Phoenix Suns, who, despite missing Kevin Durant, won their fourth straight, thanks to Bradley Beal leading the way. 21 points for him. Cheney, in 2024, the Suns' big three has only played 65 minutes over four games. Is that a reason for optimism or concern? For it is Phoenix a Suns? reason for optimism because the numbers of Brad, and I'm speaking of minutes, numbers of Bradley Beal are going up. 
And as long as he goes up, I know they rested KD. Devin Booker's leading the big three in minutes. That's a good sign for 2024. I said 2023. I'm already doing the confusion no, of the years okay, thing. We're going to get there. You. We're going to get there. All right, clinging to 10th place in the West are the Lakers. They enter January with a 500 record after dropping seven of their last nine games, including both games since LeBron James turned 39 years old over the weekend. We could rehash the foot on the line, but, you know, ask Kevin Durant. We're not going to do that. The Lakers, Ooh. they open up a five-game homestand tomorrow against the Heat. That starts a stretch of 10 of 12 games here at Crypto.com Arena. So if the Lakers are going to make a move in the West, it seems like there's no better time than right now to do it. Kendrick Perkins, as you look at the schedule, is this a make-or-break stretch for L.A.? Hell yeah, it is. It's an auditioning uh, stretch as well for the rest of the guys outside of A.D. and Braun. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. I know that group message that the Lakers team got is quiet. And when LeBron is not speaking in there, you got to be looking over your shoulder. I've been a part of those group messages. When he go quiet, he's not happy. So here's an opportunity for Rui to step his game up. Here's an opportunity for D'Angelo Russell to elevate his game, along with Jared Vanderbilt. And they will be tested. They will be tested. Look, I already think Rob Palenka got plans on moving some people, but right now, this home stretch is so important for the others on the Los Angeles Lakers. Agreed. Nine games, if you look at your professional player at the schedule, this is so important, especially considering it's January. This is make or break for the Lakers. Why can it make it? When you have a homestand at this point, you can make up for uncharacteristic losses that yeah. we've seen with Los Angeles. But it can be a breaking point, too, because what are you approaching after this homestand? You're going to be close to February, the trade deadline. And so if things don't go well, the Lakers might be thinking, hmm, we yeah. waited this long to see everyone healthy and out there. This could break up, as Perk said, the role player. So I agree. So let me ask you this. Better or worse, do you think, just better or worse than last year through 34 games for the Lakers? I think that they are better because they okay. started off so poorly. Right. So they're better than they were last year, but they're only better by three games, right, than they were through 34 games last season. And so when you think about a team that we all talked about as, right, Perk, like winning in the offseason, they made all these, these team-friendly deals, they brought back the guys that they needed to bring back, they have shooters, we know that's the, the recipe around LeBron. And then we get here, and they're only three games better than they were at this point last season with no huge Russell Westbrook deal to make. It feels disappointing. Yeah. It feels like we need to get to January 15th, which at this point is 12 days from now, and we hope, we want, we expect them to make a move because Anthony Davis is playing out of his mind. LeBron James <laughs> is playing on another planet at 39 years old, and everything else, it feels like, just, I don't know about you, Zach, but that's where, I, that's where I get a little bit like, all right, come on, come on. We expected more from this team, so they need to do something about that. Hey, look, not, not only that, they've been healthy. LeBron and AD, Good for point. the most part, have been healthy the whole season. If you had told me that and they'd be playing at this level, I would have guessed before the season they'd be like 21 and 13 after 34 games, not 17 and 17. And if you bring up that homestand that's coming up, yeah, those games are at home at crypto. That's cool. Those teams are no joke for the most part. Those are good teams. Now, they may catch Miami without Jimmy Butler. That's a break. But those are good teams. You don't just walk in and win those games because they're at home. They're going to have to come out and play well. And I will keep harping on this every time we talk about the Lakers. They're 23rd in offense. Their offense is bad. It's been bad. It was bad last year. It was bad in the playoffs. They got a nice favorable draw and they gutted it out in the playoffs. They cannot make any noise. 
with the 23rd best offense in the NBA. They cannot make any noise when their offensive efficiency rating is the same as the Washington Wizards, who are not trying to win, at least on an organizational level. Their offense is not good enough. Jared Vanderbilt in the starting five is not the answer to that question. Even if he helps their defense, even if he gets turnovers and they get to run out off misses, no, no, no. They have to find a formula that works around LeBron and AD on offense, or else, as you pointed out, we're going to get toward the trade deadline yeah. and the pressure internally to make a move to boost their offense, even if it's at the expense of their defense, is going to reach a breaking point. And the worst thing any team can do is make a panic trade from a position of weakness. So they've got to figure out their offense. And until they do that, they're just not in the same conversations we thought they were going to be in with these other teams above them. Perk, what do you want to see the Lakers do? What do they need to prove to you in this stretch for you not to say, all right, you know what? I'm not so sure about Rui here. I'm not so sure about D'Lo here, et cetera. Well, well, one is that, uh, you know, they can't, like LeBron James playing the point guard, that's not going to be sustainable. They got to, like, D'Angelo got to find it within to pick up the pace. They play too slow. No easy baskets for Braun or AD, and that's why they miss a guy like Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. They were, we forget what he brought to the table on both ends of the floor, but those guys just got to play, man. They got to elevate their game. And look, let me say this. I will not let Darvin Ham off the hook. He got to elevate his game as well with his rotations, with his set calling, with everything across the board, the way he staggered Braun in AD minutes, all across the board, Darvin Ham got to elevate his game. Not like Darvin Ham as a, as a Lakers as a Nation isn't letting guy, him off the hook either. We check social media after those games. One thing that was brought up was the formula for success with LeBron James. We all know what that formula is. That is perimeter shooting surrounded by LeBron out, James and a solid post player. And I know Perk has argued that you need backups that can go be in the Bruges. I really think that number that we saw on that graphic, 28th and three-point shooting, that doesn't work in the NBA, especially now. So if you're not going to be a good three-point shooting team, you can't also be a slow team. you got to be a fast team. Yeah. You have to be able to push the pace and transition and, like Perk said, get easy buckets. So it's like they're losing by multiple categories. Typically, you just have to say this is our one weakness. They have multiple. Uh, 25 12 and two and a half blocks a game. That's what AD is putting up. When he's putting up those numbers and this is the result, like that that, that was the piece that we thought yeah. we were going to be talking yeah. about. It's just a little bit disappointing. All right, coming up on NBA Today, the Lakers, they may be under some pressure, but which player is facing the most as we head into 2024? Perk, he has an answer that you may not expect when we come back. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. It's our first show of 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. Janae and I were talking earlier about how long you actually get to say Happy New Year. I think it might be this week. She said she had someone wishing her Happy New Year still in November. So, you know what? Shout out Larry David for that. But this is the time of year where we're seeing all these New Year's resolutions, right? The gyms are packed. So we thought we would do New Year's resolutions around the NBA. And with that, we say hello once again to our Kendrick Perkins. Perk, who is the player that is facing the most pressure that you have a resolution for? It's Joel, the big Philly MB. And look, I get it. MVP, former MVP, and he should be the front runner right now. Malika for us winning this year's MVP. He's been balling out of control. We know what he could bring in the post in the regular season. It's about health. It's about what can Joel and B do in the postseason. That's what we need, Malika. We need a better version of Joel and B. We just seen, we didn't witness all the all, uh, superstars elevate their game. Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, the list goes on. Jokic last season. Embiid has to elevate his game even more. If that means averaging 40 in the series, mm. then damn it, get it done. If they don't make it to a conference finals this season, then it's a failed season. And Joel Embiid need to prove to the world that he can carry a team to the conference finals. Okay, so Perk as Joel Embiid is the player who is facing the most pressure. It's that pressure, the new year, new me type of mentality that everybody's saying right now. This doesn't quite feel like a make or break year, at least for me, for Philadelphia, but ESPN Bet has the Sixers as a top five contender to win a title this season, and Philly still has a whole ton of cap space this upcoming summer if things don't work out. So, Chanae, as we take a look at these teams, which team do you think is under the most pressure this year? This team right here, the Mm. Boston Celtics, they are under the most pressure because because they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals five out of the last seven years. And what did they get from that? One finals appearance versus the Golden State Warriors in which they didn't win. This is the best team in the East. This is probably right now playing the best basketball. They have not lost at home. They have the best starting six. They've made a new <laughs> yeah, term that's right. in the NBA. They will likely have to pay that man after this season, after paying JB. So there's a lot of investments happening with the Boston Celtics. This feels like the year that yep. if they don't win, they're going to feel the pressure of that for the years to come. Yeah, exactly. This is like Jason Tatum. Okay, we've seen it in the regular season many times. Now we need to see it when it matters the most. Thank you, my friend. All right, so there's only a few teams that start a season with a championship or bust mentality, right? The Celtics certainly qualify, but every team sort of enters 2024 with some some questions, right? Does our roster have enough depth? Is the face of the franchise currently on our roster? Do we need to go out looking? Do we need to build? Do we need to keep searching? Do we need to go all in now or wait to make a splashy move? So, Zach Lowe, I ask you, what is the biggest question Question heading into 2024. It's January. That means it's almost February. It's almost trade time. And my biggest question is, which of these teams at the top of the league has one more move in them? It may not be a big move. It could be this year's version of a Derek White trade or a Josh Hart trade that sneaks under the radar. Chanae just mentioned Boston. They've got some stuff to trade. Do they want one more bench guy? What about Oklahoma City with a gazillion draft picks in the second best <laughs> record in the West? What about Philadelphia? They're sitting in the catbird seat. They got all the picks they got in the Harden deal 
and they have cap space this summer. Do they want to make a move now? Forget this summer. Let's try to win now. And Miami, another team that's just got players in and out of the lineup, but they just keep on grinding out wins. We haven't talked about them as a trade team since they didn't get Damian Lillard. They still got all that same stuff. Who's going to make a move? Because there's one thing we always know about the NBA in January and February. Someone is coming out with yeah. an unexpected move. If it hits gold, it could actually change those title odds you had up there. Well, we heard earlier in the show that Perk, he wants to see it as mm. Pascal Siakam to the Philadelphia 76ers. Who do you want to see, Janae? I, who do I want to see? I, more so, which team do I want to see? I do want to see the Golden State Warriors do something mm. because I think right now they're having a crisis of yeah. a little bit. Um, they've been a team that oh. has been able to. Oh, what, what was that? Was that? That was Zach reacting to you. We are going to get to Golden State a little bit more later in the show, but yes. Yeah. That was part. Oh, oh, that was part? That was such a Zach Lowe esque. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the note that you hit there. Were you shocked? Were you I shocked by that? Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was Zach. Zach, is there a team that you have an eye on that you want to see make a move, or a player that you want to see make a move? Me? Yes. Oh, I would love to see Philadelphia do something because I think they're really, really good. Maxi and Embiid are a legit championship one-two punch. I think they just need one more guy, and it doesn't have to be Pascal Siakam. I actually think he and Embiid are a little bit of a tricky fit. But one more guy who can relieve some of the ball handling duties. When teams blitz Maxi, double Embiid, one more guy who can get the ball to the basket at a high level could just be another guard. Like if I were them, I'd be sniffing around Alex Caruso. A yep. guy like that, just People another like him. release valve kind of guy because they're close. They're close, but Boston at 26-6 and six is the standard right now. Well, speaking of the Bulls, tomorrow night we have two NBA matchups for you right here on the ESPN family of networks. The Bulls and Knicks from Madison Square Garden on ABC at 8.30 Eastern, plus the Heat and the Lakers on ESPN at 10 Eastern. New year, new graphics. I see you. New year, new graphics. <laughs> We're going to get it started with NBA Countdown. The Heat, the Lakers begin that homestand that we talked about. They really need to start making a push in the month of January. Coming up on NBA Today, Janae, you mentioned it, the clock. It is ticking on the Warriors to turn their season around. How can Golden State find their winning formula before it's too late? We're going to tell you next on NBA Today. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. We haven't been on air since December 22nd. We took a little holiday break, so we thought we'd do a little top of the top of Since, since You've Been Gone. <laughs> and we're going to start, you knew it was coming, with some top ducks. Ooh, Victor we, we Wembanyama. We've now with oh. our voices. Oh, God, I think we have enemies. <laughs> no, we did. Victor. That was clean. That's like a Nerf hoop. <laughs> He's quite totally tall. He is. He is. He is very oh, tall. Oh, this one was. This one was bold. Oh, right that now, was bold. the dunk contest. This, this is a six-point game. This, this was, was, that's 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 was bold about it. 
<laughs> Don't worry, Zach. That's why we're doing this. Uh, I like sex. I'm a risk taker. All right. We have top passes <laughs> since we've been gone. I won't sing it every time. I promise. You knew we needed Nikola Jokic in here for doing top oh, passes, right? Oh, come on. Volleyball. Like, oh. was, that was a one-handed set. Get out set. of here with that. That's crazy. <laughs> it's one-handed side set. Like, it, that's what setters a side do. set, a move, setters and then, of course, a little Luka magic, too. What? How does he every time? Mm. It just it defies logic, it defies gravity, it defies the pass, headband. Once you get hit with a pass <laughs> like that, you have no choice but to make the You shot. have to. Oh my goodness. And then let's check in on some top moves here. Hey. Anthony Edwards. Oh, putting the moves Ooh, on AD. We were talking about how good AD's oh, been playing, too. Oh, this oh. isn't personal. It's not. That was clean. I don't know if I've seen that before. <laughs> like it's rude. <laughs> Oh, holiday season, that's rude. Well, how about this one? A little Halliburton season. He goes up and he switches hands. Yeah, it's the yeah. midair yeah. for me. Oh, my goodness. And then yeah. Look, um, that's no. it, Jordan. Since we've been gone, top review. Zach, was it a two or a three? No comment. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I have no idea. Right. I will not be commenting further on this matter. Janae says it's a two. It, I, I just want a ham sandwich. Wait, no, Malika, what was it? <laughs> it was a two. Oh, she said it was a two. Perk, it what was it? It depends on the angle. <laughs> if, if, the, if Tony Brothers we'll say it was know. a two, the, damn it, it we'll never the know. The argument that is part. like the top of the shoe goes up, therefore you have to not account for the slope <laughs> of the... You know what? I, I can't get into the forensics of this right now. Let's check in on the Golden State Warriors because they are going streaking. But it's not wow. in the good, fun way. Golden State has lost three straight games. They take on the Magic at home tonight, a team which beat them three straight times. So let's take a listen to Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, on the current state of the Warriors. We haven't found um, that, uh, that grit that every team needs, every good team needs. We're not there yet. And, and that's a problem. Until this team really connects in a, in a way that is solely dedicated to winning each and every game, then we're going to be stuck in this, in this place. We've experimented a lot, some for, you know, forced reasons, some for searching for an identity. We haven't found it collectively, so it's frustrating for sure, you know, 32 games in. So we have to get to that point before it's too late. So the Warriors have been in the middle of the pack, both offensively and defensively this season. They've been streaky too. Multiple five-game win streaks balanced out by six-game losing streaks and then a pair of three-game losing streaks here. And it kind of feels like fool's gold, Zach, because at the beginning of the season, we're all like, okay, I don't really know what we like about this roster, what we don't like about this roster. How does Chris Paul fit? What is this going to look like? But then Steph gets off to the start. And it's like, oh my gosh, okay, maybe actually we're going to believe. Then Draymond Draymonds. Then Steph comes back to earth a little bit. And now they have all of these issues. So when you look at Golden State, do you think that the clock is running out on this team figuring it out for the season? What a far cry those comments Steve Kerr just made about we got to get connected, we got to find our identity. From when they were 6-2 and two and they won a crunch time game against, I can't remember who, he said, this is who we are. Remember this team? We win every close game. We went on the road. We're back. The Warriors are back. And they've just lost the plot 
almost exactly since that moment. And when you talk about sort of connectiveness, and, and that, I think, to me, comes through on defense. And since Draymond Green's suspension, their offense has been fine. Their defense has been bottom 10. And it's hard to build that grit and the connectedness and that identity when you can't decide who to play and when to play them. And I'm not saying that's Steve Kerr's fault. It's just the lineup changes all the time. The rotation changes all the time. And it feels like this team is just in such a state of flux all around the roster that it's going to be an uphill battle to find itself and right itself again before it's too late. Just getting into the top 10 and the top six in the West is really, really hard. And the turnaround has to start now. The, the battery died on that clock a year and a half ago, and I keep telling y'all this. Look, let me explain something. The Jackson 5, that group broke up. The Five Heartbeats broke up. The Temptations broke up. Hell, Destiny Childs even broke up. So at the end of the day, I don't know why we so, like, wanting to keep this team together. It's time for a change of scenery. It's time for new bodies in Golden State. But who? State who uniforms. do you want to see in Golden State, though? Clay Thompson. I'm just saying it's time for Klay Thompson to get a change of scenery. It's time for Andrew Wiggins to get a change of scenery. Like, Steve Kerr is all over the place. Jack just, uh, Zach just talked about it. One minute, oh, yeah, we found it. Here it goes. I'm going to get But no, they haven't found it. And here's the, here's the reality to it. They might make the play-in tournament, and if they do happen to get in the playoffs, there'll be a, a first-round exit. This team is dysfunctional, and it's okay that we just have to accept the fact that it's time to just break it up. I think the that experiment has blown up. The it's question okay. of like the, that that people might accept that it just for who, Chanae? Yeah. What what are they lacking? I think the difficulty is for the Golden State Warriors, breaking it up would be a very personal decision, and that's something that they would take so seriously. But honestly, what I take personally is you mentioned in Destiny's Child because Beyonce went solo, <laughs> Steph Curry can't go solo. We play team sports, but when I think about the Golden State Warriors, the match is that they have made us all believers. They're a team full of underdogs Literally, that overachieve, but it feels like they've squeezed all of the juice out of that magic with the exception of Steph. So what do you do? And when I think about this big picture, I think about the, the last dynasty that we may have had, the Spurs, right? Something similar, a team that was great sustainably in the West. What did the Spurs do? They got a Kawhi, right? right? And Kawhi became the guy that was young, that infused them with ability. I don't see the Warriors getting something like that right. at this point. And that's, it's like, what is the blueprint for this? But does Steph have to ask for the change? You know what I mean? Like, and, it's and a new year. And all of us are saying, oh, things need to change. We want to see something change. But no one said, well, what is that? And that's the thing that I'm struggling with. Is it Pascal Siakam? Is it, I, what is it for I Golden State? It. That's it right there. It would have to come I from Steph. It. And that's the tough part of all that. All right, that's going to do it for us here on NBA Today. We will see you tomorrow.